Hello. Welcome to the show where we cast our favourite books into film. I'm Roxanne. I'm Rachel. I'm Flo. And this is Typecast, brought to you by the Rare Birds Book Club. This week, we're casting Eligible. By Curtis Sittenfeld. Today's a very special day. It's a series finale. Is it season series. finale? Yeah. I think, Se- well, yeah. In, in Canada, we'd call it the season finale. But here you often call it series. Yeah, I think we say the series, yeah. Anyway, season finale of season one. <laughs> <laughs> Eight weeks. Can you believe it? It does feel that long. Maybe longer. We've been in lockdown. I can't believe we've been in lockdown for all of series one. I know. So let's talk about this book and why it's the se- the season finale as opposed to the season opener as we originally planned it to be. Eligible really is the book that started it all for this podcast. Yeah, we can blame Eligible for the existence of this. So Several years ago, this book came into our lives and it was... Born on a whim for your birthday, I remember. It was huge, yeah. And so the girls gave it to me for my birthday. I read it and I went... Th- I went through something. (laughs) (laughs) We we hadn't read it, and then she insisted that we read it. Yeah, so I made them read it straight away, and then we embarked on sort of a years spanning several years long arguments about who would play the modern day Darcy and 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 an American Darcy too, because he's very American, isn't he? Yeah, but we've sort of discovered that it's. It's impossible, actually. Um, I don't know what it is. It's the combination of how of how the character is written, the fact that he's American, the fact, I guess, that we will have quite different ideas of what is attractive. <laughs> of what the character should, should be. be. It's just we cannot even come close to agreeing on any one actor. And to be clear, we have we've genuinely discussed this for years. Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is a silly conversation that we have had on and off again. Probably about a hundred times. We have the receipts in the form of Facebook Messenger conversations, the historical documents. It would just crop up every few months. Someone would be like, what about this for Darcy? And we'd be like, no, don't be no! ridiculous. Don't <laughs> sully his good name. Today for our season finale, we're going to have another crack at it. We actually attempted to do this as the inaugural episode of Typecast, which you may remember actually ended up being conversations with friends. So what happened was we got together to do sort of a test run. We were all very nervous. We thought, well, let's just have a couple of drinks. We'll just have a couple of drinks. Just a couple, yeah. yeah. We'll just loosen up. And we ended up recording for over two hours, (laughs) um, having a passionate conversation that we felt went very, very well until I played (laughs) back the tape the next day and it was just a complete disaster we were like we're so funny and then we just listened to our slurred voices but we're just just... constantly talking over one another as well aren't we yeah Yeah. i mean not that hasn't changed much in the last few weeks but (laughs) we've gotten slightly better at it so we decided you know what we're not ready for eligible we'll try it again so today we're back series finale bumper episode we're getting back into it and we're gonna really really seriously try to put this one to bed we're gonna do our absolute best to cast darcy it's not gonna happen because it can't happen but we're gonna try (laughs) well let's talk about the book then so people yeah, know what we're talk talking about. about. So it's <laughs> it's a rewrite of Pride and Prejudice. Um, Rach, do you want to kick off with a synopsis? I absolutely do. Okay, so um, basically, Eligible is a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice 
The year is 2013, and our story is set in the small English village of Cincinnati, Ohio. Lizzie is a journalist, Jane a yoga instructor, Darcy is a hotshot neurosurgeon, and Bingley is a doctor-turned-reality TV star. When the novel opens, Lizzie and Jane have been summoned home from New York City to help care for their father, Mr. Bennett, who is recovering from heart surgery. It's a job that mostly involves tidying up their crumbling Tudor-style family home and keeping their mother's shopping habit in check. In suburban Cincinnati, Jane and Lizzie's accomplishments aren't so special. Instead of seeing them as successful women living a glamorous life in New York City, Mrs. Bennett deplores their single status and old patterns return fast. The two are desperate to get back home to their lives. Jane is planning for a family and Lizzie is keen to pick up where she left off with her longtime boyfriend of sorts, Jasper. But things change when Jane unexpectedly hits it off with Cincinnati's most eligible bachelor at the Lucas family barbecue. While Jane's busy falling in love, Liz is falling into deep loathing with Chip's friend, the haughty neurosurgeon Fitzwilliam Darcy, who she keeps bumping into on her evening runs. Between mounting medical bills, giant misunderstandings, CrossFit gyms, and reality TV reunions, Liz begins to realize that maybe she isn't right about everything, or everyone, in her life, and that happy endings sometimes come about in the most mysterious of ways. Curtis Sittenfeld, in my opinion, was kind of the perfect author to take this one on. You know, she's just famous for her wit and for her razor-sharp observations in her other novels. I think she was a great writer for this, but ultimately, like, you love Pride and Prejudice so much that I couldn't help but bristle at the sort of contemporary. It's an impossible task. Like, you're asking someone to to rewrite a masterpiece. Like, you know, it's sort of setting someone up for a fail, no matter. But also, so much of it can't really translate to a modern setting. And I think that she does an incredible job with lots of it. And there's really clever stuff in it, like just setting it in Cincinnati is so clever because in a way Cincinnati is more American than like New York or something. You know, it's that Midwestern, you know, it's this nouveau riche white family living in the sort of affluent suburbs in this kind of Midwestern town. It's like that is the perfect analogue. So she does, she makes all these really smart choices with it. But at the same time, she you can't update lots of this book. It just doesn't it doesn't translate there's lots of stuff that she does really really well I think the family Liz's family the Bennett's translate quite well especially her parents because yeah they're kind of crap parents in the original version and it's sort of more obvious in the updated version they're sort of casually racist <laughs> they're neglectful they're used to be moneyed but the money is sort of running out that all crosses over beautifully I thought but yeah, there are other aspects that are just, you know, the Georgian kind of restrictions romance has is so hard to translate. Yeah, I think she does as, you know, as well as you could with it. And I think using that that sort of family who are sort of status obsessed works as well as better than anything else would. Mm. And also, yeah, like you say, the use of the reality show is really clever because when you look at the relationships and the romances in Pride and Prejudice, it does have that kind of glossy kind of fate feeling to it because it's a lot for show, isn't it? Of all of it, the hardest bit, and this is probably, you know, this probably taps into why we have over the years struggled so, so much to cast Darcy because of all the characters. He's actually the one that is the hardest to update. Jane as a yoga instructor, Lizzie as a journalist, all that makes sense. I think her family updates beautifully. Mm. 
Yeah. And even Chip Bingley, it makes perfect sense that he's this beautiful, eligible reality TV star. And the sort of implication there is he's lacking a bit of substance. But where we run into a lot of difficulty is with Darcy. And, you know, it makes perfect sense that he would be this sort of hotshot neurosurgeon and a little bit haughty and a little bit arrogant. But at the heart of Darcy's character in the original is this kind of pull with him where he's, you know, what he feels his duty and who he feels an eligible wife for him would be. And he's struggling because he's fallen in love with Lizzie and he's not sure she's suitable. And that that's not truly a consideration in kind of a contemporary setting, because actually the modern day Lizzie Bennett is very eligible. She's beautiful. She's successful. She's smart. She's interesting. There's no impediment there for them getting together like there is in the original Pride and Prejudice when it's really, you know, she comes from sort of a small family. She has no money. She, do- You know what I mean? Yeah. You're completely right. He, he He's the immovable object. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Ineligible. That would be the only place where the retelling or the story itself doesn't 100% work. I don't think he updates that well. Neither does even his family. Even in the book. Like when they move the setting over to California and he has this ridiculous sort of Hurston-like estate, it just doesn't doesn't feel real. It sort of loses that that smack of a real family and a real story. It's just... Yeah, I think also the other thing that doesn't really work is the Lydia storyline mm. because there is... There is no modern version of that where she runs off with a guy and it just ruins the family because it's just it's not a thing anymore. And what she does use, I don't know that it it works and it feels like a bit of a punchline. It's also one of the few storylines she really, I think, engages with in the sense that Ham, who's who's the transgender man that um, Lydia falls in love with, is so nice and Lydia is still horrible throughout. Yeah. And you're just yeah. like, why would Ham fall in love with Lydia? What mm-hmm. does he see in Lydia? Yeah. And I felt that didn't ring true because I, I I was hoping for some sort of progression with Lydia's character that sort of doesn't quite get there. I mean, having said all that, it's like this is still an incredible book. And it she still is, does yeah. Such, yeah, it's a, like we're, such a great job this, and there is so much in it that you're like, oh, that works so well, the way I she's know. updated this. Mm, and, yeah. yeah, she's done the best job. I don't think anyone could have done the job. No, like I don't think so. Sittenfeld. I have a question. What was your reaction, your first reaction to the sex in the book? <laughs> Because I remember being like, oh, clutch the pearls. This I, is yeah, I panicked. I, I absolutely panicked. So um, Lizzie and Darcy sleep together in the novel or pretty early on. And of course, there's absolutely no sex whatsoever in Jane Austen's books. So <laughs> is this not? was not even in, uh, in Persuasion. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Persuasion's the one exception. Yeah. It's a bit of a romp, that one. Yeah. There's sex in this book, but it works very well in the context of what's happening because they, ha- what happens is they keep meeting each other on runs and then Lizzie suggests that they have, quote-unquote, hate sex. And so they start sleeping together, but it's under the proviso that this isn't anything. But, of course, they're... De- they're catching feelings as well. It's, it's a great device, actually, and that works really well because you do believe two adult, two adults would be trying to deny their feelings while they're having a sexual relationship. I think that's one of the cleverest. But they're also they're in their late thirties as well. Mm. You know, there's they don't have the same hang-ups that like people in their twenties do. They're much more like, huh? You know, we're both 
attractive let's just do this great it's like they're having a little workout of their own there's no shyness or embarrassment associated with it so it makes sense that they would and isn't it like Liz who suggests it as well which is great yeah it's kind of just like should we go to your place and have sex (laughs) and he's like he's kind of like now (laughs) yeah yeah and he's just like okay but you can say that that's very true to lizzie's character i think all in all we think the adaptation is as successful as it could be it's just it's not really a story that that fully translates to a modern era which makes sense because it's actually doesn't have as many modern adaptations and when it does have a modern adaptation it's really really changed to an almost not unrecognizable but Bridget Jones being the most famous adaptation of Pride and Prejudice and she had to change a lot of details in order to make it work you know I think probably in a way that's what helps make Pride and Prejudice so enduring for people Mm. because it's one that is it's so perfect and it's so of its time you know as we see from eligible you can't it's really hard to bring Darcy forward he's he's the kind of romantic figure that can only exist in his era yeah because when you bring him if you try and bring him into a contemporary setting he's either like weirdly old-fashioned or kind of a dick yeah Yeah, you've sort of got a mate no in between so emotionally unintelligent for it to work because he the whole thing where he sort of turns up and he declares his feelings it's what you read that as in a modern setting is he just doesn't really know how to talk or communicate his feelings. And that's why he kind of messes it up mm. so badly. He's basically Connell. Oh my God. <laughs> and I am Connell's chain. <laughs> <laughs> Very surreal, but I like it. <laughs> I've spoken to you guys about this before, but I love the bit when she, Jane is in the hospital and Liz has to jog oh, yeah. across town in like 40 degree heat. And that is the sort of updated version of when she, you know, walks across the field and gets the bottom three inches of her dress all muddy and she walks in and her cheeks were all red and Caroline Bingley is like, you look horrendous. And that version in the modern version of her jogging there and she arrives and she's all red and she's like sweating and then she bumps into Darcy at the hospital. It's so good. It works so well. I love yeah. it. And yeah, yeah, and it's so sort of embarrassing because he's just standing. He's He just happens to be standing there yeah. looking like precise to a pin and she's like got sweat in her eyes and like yeah. she's rubbing it out of her <laughs> eyes and being like, do you know where Jane is? And he's like, I'll take you through the hospital. It's great. But you also very much believe that she would think she's looking awful and that he would think, oh, she looks pretty hot. Guys, it is time for our casting call. Woo. You ready? Yeah. 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 We've got some rules. And listeners, you've probably heard these rules before, but it's been proven that members of, of Typecast <laughs> don't actually listen to the rules. Yeah, sometimes. Roxanne, um, this is an important bit, and I'd just like you to pay close attention. Do you know, it turns out it's pretty hard to replace me during a pandemic. Do you know what? It's actually not because we had several actual applications <laughs> after that episode. So yeah. we've got cho- we've got options. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Just- we have a short list okay. to replace you. So I- I'm just I'm not worried. That's that's all I'm going to say. Confidence. <laughs> continue sorry I will listen to the rules this time okay so we've got three rules the first one is no deceased actors aka no deadies the second rule is that if you're talking about casting someone it has to be as they are now and not as they were in their youth so for instance let's let's see what example comes into my brain right now 
um, if you were talking about casting Leonardo DiCaprio, then you would cast him as he is now and not when he was a svelte youth um, in Romeo and Juliet. I would never mm-hmm. cast him past or present. <laughs> that also gives me the creeps, okay. the idea of a svelte youth. But come on. Well, he yeah. was though. He was a svelte was. youth. Our third rule is that we have to cast actors unless the person has ambitions to cross over into acting or has dabbled in the past. Um, we don't know if Leanne had aspirations to cross over. I don't think I broke any rules looking back over it. You, I mean, you started by saying I broke the rules. I know, I know. We'll just see how today, how today goes. You're okay. on probation. <laughs> All right. So what are we looking for for a modern day Darcy? So we're, well, let's just talk about first who we're going to cast. So Liz, obviously. Mm, Darcy. Darcy, obviously. Jane and Jane and Bingley, and, and then, then Jasper. A little bonus. If we've for got time for Jasper, yeah, Jasper is basically the Wickham. This episode is going to be a little bit unusual in the sense that we kind of unanimously agree on the choice for Liz, so we're not actually even really going to cast her. No, it's a bit like the Saoirse Ronan thing for conversations with friends, isn't it? Yeah. So we all really like Rachel McAdams for the role of Liz. And also Curtis Sittenfeld herself has said in an interview before that she really sees, she could see Rachel McAdams at Ra- Rachel McAdams as Liz. Which was such and, a Billy bonus for us, wasn't it? We, I mean, it it was, was, yeah. it, that's what's so interesting about this is that when we started talking about this originally, uh, Lizzie came up and we were all like, oh, Rachel McAdams, done, done and dusted. And then Darcy was four years of arguing, so... <laughs> Well, I mean, Curtis Sittenfeld's suggestions for Darcy were insane. So <laughs> she got it really right on the Liz front and on the Darcy front. What did she, she say what again to Darcy? I don't, I don't want to mention it. <laughs> no, please, please say it. We have to mention it. Uh, perhaps I'll read it later. <laughs> okay. I'll read the, uh, maybe I'll read the interview excert out it's at too, the end of the episode. Okay, but right now it's too painful. I don't want it in your minds while we're trying to do <laughs> Okay, this. okay. All right. Liz is basically done. So who we're really working with is Jane and Bingley. We're going to cast Mr. Wickham for fun. And Darcy is obviously the main part of the conversation here. Okay. Yeah. Great. So what do we know about these characters? We know uh, Jane is about 40. Lizzie is younger than her by a couple of years. She's meant to be, what, about 38 in the novel? Jane's exactly like she is in the book. Beautiful, serene, doesn't really sort of do anything. (laughs) And then there's Lizzie's a journalist, as we discussed. Darcy is the hotshot neurosurgeon. Do we have some excerpts of how they're described? So here's one of Darcy. So Darcy's back was to the street below, his elbows balanced on the balcony railing and a glass of sangria in his right hand. He looked, Liz thought, like a model in a local department store newspaper insert. Handsome, yes, but moody in a rather preposterous and unnecessary way. Do you, like, do we have any descriptions of Jasper? Uh, yeah. So Jasper, again, this is how she speaks of Jasper. She climbed from the car to wave, and when Jasper smiled, he looked exceptionally handsome. His curly blonde hair was thinner than it had once been, but still abundant enough to be windblown, and his brown eyes remained mirthful. <laughs> I like curly that. Curly blonde hair. And that it's thinner than it used to be. I, I, I like that. And then... Uh, so it's, it's not, there aren't many... Actors who have curly blonde hair, though. No. And then <laughs> Bingley, Bingley is supposed to be sort of like the bachelor handsome. Like Bingley's sort of, a bit younger, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. 
this is a really good example of the way the update works very well because the thing that kind of breaks Jane and Bingley up is incredibly believable, particularly if Jane is a little bit older than him. But it's also just that thing of it works because you can believe that Jane would believe, why would he want me? You know, like, why would he want me? I'm almost 40 or I am 40. Like, he's young, he's handsome, he's not tied down to anything. So that really works that you you can see how that would get to her and chip away at her. Okay, well, we ready to go then? Yeah, I think, let you know what, let's not waste I any mean, more time. I mean, ready as I'll ever be, which is not that ready, <laughs> but... Okay, well... Just got to do it. Just got to rip the band We need to be brave. <laughs> so do we want to, I guess, should we just start with Darcy? Should we just get this over with? I Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think so. Because I, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of discussion around this. My first pick for Darcy, which I think is going to come as no surprise, because I'm pretty sure I've been mentioning him over years to strident objections, is Lee Pace. No. Why not? He is so, he's such a good choice. I, so Lee Pace played Ned in Pushing Daisies and the Elven King in The Hobbit. But I think and he he's, was in uh, Miss Pettigrew uh, Lives for a Day. And he was Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy. He, he has, I think he has, he looks like how I'd imagine a Darcy would look like. And he seems quite hairy. I, I feel that, that matters. <laughs> and I feel like he could be new American money. Or like old yeah. American money, rather. I mean, leaving us aside the fact that he's very British. He's not um, British. No, he's not. He's American. Yeah, he's is very he? American, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who Lee Pace is? I feel like you should look him up now. No, I know exactly who he is. Is I used to actually watch Pushing Daisies and find him really hot. Um, so then what is your objection? Lee, Lee Pace no, is I just, a great I, choice. He, it's just wrong. He's so small. What? I know, like you say, he's tall, but it's like he seems a too slight to me and also be he's not slight he's actually got quite a broad back I like that you say he's got a broad back not that he's broad his back I'll tell you why I'll tell you why because I listened to the episode of Thirst Aid Kit about Lee Pace and this did actually swing me more towards thinking of him as a Darcy but there's a bit in that where they talk about this Instagram he posted where before Captain Marvel came out and it's just somebody walking behind him filming him and they're talking about how broad his back is (laughs) And it is a broad back. It's, it's, it's hard to argue with. <laughs> well, I feel like Darcy would have a broad back. So there we go. I just, uh, I don't know. It just, it doesn't work for me. I, I can't articulate why specifically what the objection is, but he's just got the wrong energy. I, I sort of know what you mean. I think he does have the right look, but it's, there is just something about him that doesn't quite hit the nail on the head for me. Okay. He's not rugged. And maybe that's kind of what's missing. Yeah. Like there's not, okay. uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, then my second choice, I think, is going to (laughs) be even less liked by you, is, and I'm pausing because I just can feel the objections coming, but Army Hammer. Uh, First of all, how dare you? Army Hammer is my choice. You've known this for a long time. No, but I agreed with you. I agreed with you. (laughs) How dare you? This is why you wanted to go first, so that you could get in there. No, I thought, didn't I? Still my choice. I know what it is. I remember suggesting Bradley Cooper. That's what it was. I thought my, but it was Army Hammer. They're different people. I yeah okay, but Army Hammer's a good choice. I'm absolutely fuming. <laughs> <laughs> You're sacked. 
<laughs> you failed probation. But actually, I'm really pleased then, then if Army Hammer is your choice. I agree. Then I, 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 I take back Army Hammer. I'll say Bradley Cooper, but that's a terrible choice. I agree with you, Flo. Army Hammer's great. You've both utterly dropped the ball with that. No, Army he's Hammer perfect. is all wrong. Army Hammer, you know, Army Hammer could be Bingley. No, or maybe no, he no. couldn't. No, he couldn't. He's it's he's not such Darcy. he's got such upper class American energy, which is exactly who Darcy yeah, is. Yeah, he's in this like book. he looks rich, like he's got rich yeah. looking teeth and hair. <laughs> and actually, he's a bit young. And I remember I was talking about this last time that he is a bit young, but he looks older than he is, I think, because he's quite tall. Yeah, and he's got a sort of big head. <laughs> Big handsome head, but also he doesn't look smart. He doesn't look he smart. Does. I think <laughs> Nothing he does. about him looks, looks like haughty a neurosurgeon. To me. He looks like a haughty neurosurgeon. He's definitely to me. haughty. I would trust him to operate on my brain. Mm. I don't know that I would, <laughs> but I definitely think I think he's one of the closest to Darcy that we've, we've just to me. Up. And just to be clear, I think Army Hammer is super hot, but. <laughs> I just don't, I just did not connect with that as Darcy at all. He's also kind of, again, he, I feel like he seems like he'd be hairy, which also I think. Oh, he's definitely hairy. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. I, I don't, I think that's a great choice, Flo, <laughs> since that's your original <laughs> choice. <laughs> um, I actually it's think fine, Bradley Cooper isn't you bad either. It. I have, I actually have Bradley Cooper down. I have an island down as well. Do you, you, yeah. do you, you objected so much, Rach, when I mentioned Bradley Cooper the first time. You were <laughs> like, that is a Darcy. horrible choice. Yeah, as Darcy, it is a horrible choice. He works for somebody else. Oh, right. Yeah, I thought of him as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I know who exactly yeah. who you're talking about. He'll yeah. come back around in about five minutes. <laughs> this is how much we've been talking about this, and we're now stealing each other's choices. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going mad. So- uh, Roxanne's Re- Roxanne's choices were a disaster, so we're no closer. <laughs> the the power of the button has gone completely to your head. It is. It's not about. It's not about the button. It's just about you guys. It is about the button. I don't think you've read it as closely as I have because if you had, <laughs> you'd know Army Hammer is a very bad choice. He is not a bad choice. I think. I mean, Army. I'm going to just call him Army. He's playing. <laughs> I think you should Max. call him Armand. <laughs> Armand. Armand Hammer is playing Max in the new Rebecca. And I feel like if he can play that, then he can do Darcy. Yeah, agreed. I think he's perfect as Max. And maybe where he doesn't work for Darcy for me is that Max is a character of no integrity. Whereas okay, yeah, Darcy's integrity is kind of the cornerstone of his, his personality. I see what you mean, actually. Darcy is all about his principles. Like, think about the scene when he asks Liz if she wants children and when he explains why he doesn't. Okay, I don't remember that scene, but okay. He asks Liz if she wants children because this is him starting to get kind of serious about her. And she asks if she wants kids and she's like, oh, no, not really. I never really saw myself as a mother, to be honest. And then she's like, well, do you? And he's like, no, I decided when I went into medical school and when I knew I wanted to go into neurosurgery, the hours that would require what his ambitions for his career meant that he would be a terrible dad. He would be like an absent father. Do you know what I mean? That's such a principled position to take. And I just don't, I don't get any of that from Army Hammer. I actually do know what you mean, that he, he comes across as a bit sort of shallow kind of, a bit lacking in kind of substance. Jesus. No offense. 
no offense to Ami Hammer, who I love, but all right. I feel well. like if you took Lee Pace's moral compass and injected it into Army Hammer, then maybe then we're talking. So basically, we have to we have to do some. <laughs> This is sort of Frankenstein. A Frankenstein scientific <laughs> experiment to create the perfect Darcy. It's this alive! Yeah. <laughs> okay, Flo, who else do you have for Darcy then? Okay. Rox has spiked your guns with your first. I've been sabotaged, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm a professional. I'm just going to get on with it. Um, so this is a little bit of a curveball, but we'll see. I think Mahershala Ali would be great as Darcy that is a good choice I like that he was in Moonlight he won the Oscar for that he was in Green Book he was in Luke Cage and True Detective season three and he's just like so suave and so charismatic and really attractive in a kind of interesting way and I just Mm. feel like he I just feel like he has that vibe that I'm looking for in Darcy I mean, he definitely, you know, feels like he's got the principles thing. That yeah, was yeah. Hammer. What I like too is he's attractive in an interesting way, but also just really handsome in a normal way too. <laughs> like it's just like that's what Darcy is, right? He's yeah, he's very handsome, but also not quite as handsome maybe as as Bingley. Get what you mean because Liz spends a little bit of time sort of denying that he's attractive. Mm. Like she's like, yeah. okay, sure, he's attractive, but I don't find him attractive. Yeah. And so for him to be that kind of handsome where it sort of grows on you over time as you yeah. sort of look at him more and you're like, oh, actually. Yeah. I think he could do haughty too. That's what Totally. And like he's, he's got like a little bit of edge to him. You know, you can imagine mm. him kind of being a bit sort of snappy and like I'm sort of basing this on him in in Green Book where he plays this jazz pianist and he's like very upright and very kind of refined and a little bit kind of priggish, you know, and a little Do- bit uptight. I mean, I have only seen the trailer for Green Book, so I'm extrapolating <laughs> wildly. But I just, I watched it and I thought that it, that really is a kind of Darcy energy because he's sort of a bit neurotic and uptight, but he's also but can, really cool and charming. And But that actually is one thing I think is a drawback because Darcy isn't cool. And and Ken... I, Ken think he's a bit, he, I think he's a bit cool, isn't he? no. He's not cool. No. And he's also, I think, a little bit innocent in this particular adaptation. I think he's a bit innocent. Like he's sort of innocent. His reaction's sort of innocent when Lizzie suggests the 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 hate sex, but then he's also I don't know, like like you say, emotionally unintelligent. The only place he doesn't work for me is he probably is just a little bit too cool. Okay. That's, I mean, that's fair, actually. That's fair. He's, he's got to be slightly dorky, I guess. I'd definitely call him in for an audition. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like yeah. to meet him, yeah. 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 Was um, your second choice Army Hammer? <laughs> second choice was an actor called Army Hammer. <laughs> um, you know what? That's such a great choice. I really and agree And my third choice, which I just thought, you know, you, you, put, you put him on the bench because you know that if, if things go wrong, then you can always just get Bradley Cooper in. And that's how I feel about Bradley yeah. Cooper. Honestly, He's not perfect, but he could do it and no, it would be fine. No, 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 no. That's the best I could do, ladies. That's the best I could do. Bradley, Bradley Cooper to me is, you know, the character he plays in Wedding Crashers, where he is actually Rachel McAdams' boyfriend, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that the character he plays in that movie, I truly believe is his true self. <laughs> that is who he is. Oh, and my God. For that that's reason, so harsh. 
And for that reason, he is 100% Jasper to me. Like he is just, he is Jasper. You're taking down a lot of actors today. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real real take no prisoners today. (laughs) He cropped up on my list as Jasper. And then I was like, no, he's got too much um, aggressive energy, I guess, if that's what we're looking at wedding crashes. I, I, I don't think Jasper isn't like that. He's sort of more snidey. No, he is. He does. He does get kind of aggressive when he's like cornered. When it find when you when Liz starts to realize like he's a bad guy, he doesn't deal with any of that stuff very well. And also with Bradley Cooper, like I really, I don't mind Bradley Cooper. Like I do think he's a really good actor, and he's obviously like a really handsome man. But the way I feel about him is so colored now by that like absolutely amazing and like really scathing interview, um, or with um Taffy, what's her name, Taffy Brodess or Ackner that the the really wonderful profiler who profiles oh, did she what happened in the interview she oh she okay go and everybody go and read it it's just he is so difficult oh really and she's she's interviewing him about a star is born and he like refuses to talk about himself and he just wants to talk about like the high art of his piece and she's so so good and she just absolutely destroys his character <laughs> And to me, again, he's so Jasper. It's just I can't. I could just never no, see him in any read that interview. Now. Her one with uh, Tom Hiddleston is amazing as well. Does she like Tom Hiddleston in the end? I think she sort of felt quite sympathetic towards him, but he just comes across as like really wet. And it's like you know the whole thing with him and Taylor Swift, where he wore yeah. that vest, and he keeps trying to explain it and being like, "Oh, it was just a joke. It was a joke." And she and she's like, "Tom, it's okay." Oh God! Poor Tom Hiddleston. Okay. He doesn't come across as like a baddie. He's just a bit, you know, a bit of a wiener. All right, Rachel Wood, up there on your high horse. Let's <laughs> let's hear your Darcy's. Now that you've destroyed all of our Darcy's. I just want to start by saying you guys are going to hate both of them. <laughs> okay. What, I won't bring up um, someone I suggested several times oh, no. years ago. Years ago. Okay, I, I actually, yeah. I will bring it up. Yeah. So I suggested a long time ago Bill Hader, which I still don't think is actually <laughs> that bad of a character. That's where we're starting, guys. It was around the time Trainwreck came out. I saw Trainwreck and I was like, do you know what? Trainwreck is basically, is basically eligible. Oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. Just because he plays like, a surgeon in Trainwreck doesn't mean that he's... <laughs> he's he, but he's so like Darcy in that. And no, he's anyway, I, I repeated this to the group and Roxanne went insane. <laughs> she, she lost her mind. I believe I didn't lose my mind. I just said that was a horrible, 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 horrible choice. Do you know what? He'd be great in an SNL sketch of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> that is, that's it. <laughs> My point then is still my point now that if Bill Hader was a little bit hotter, he would be great. <laughs> I have two choices. I have the choice that I want and the choice that I think would work. Okay. So which do you want first? Do the choice that you think <sighs> would work and then... Give, give us the bad here. news first. <laughs> Wait, which is the bad news? The one that she wants or the <laughs> one that will work? The one that I want. The actor that I kind of want for this, who even I don't really feel like 100% works, but he kind of works in some ways, um, is an actor called Finn Wittrock. You probably know him from American Horror Story. He's in the big short and he's like in a bunch of other indie films. He's too young, isn't he? He's about 35. Um, So he's, he is slightly on the young side, but he's extremely handsome. Can definitely do the haughty thing. Looks like he would play a doctor. He's got a very pointy Um, chin. 
I don't think that's a bad choice apart from the fact that I think he's way too young. Yeah. But that's you know, when by you the want. time we got around to making Yeah. By the time we got around to making the adaptation, he might have grown up and look he might look a little more mature. I think so it'd be a better thing me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually I see no, yeah. I stop see it. That. Stop I completely it. Completely imagine him being on The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Guys, stop it. Yeah, no, that's that's good. <laughs> He's in my dossier, so I'll just put him back in the dossier. I'll put him back in the dossier. Wait, no, I think we'll maybe we should another. seriously consider him for Bingley. Just say your second one. So my second one, who I uh, I actually think could be really good in this role, um, is an actor called Wes Bentley. So he, um, I know exactly he was in American Horror at. Story. He's in American Beauty. Um, he plays the son who does the plastic bag video. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And he's also, um, if you don't know him from American Horror Story, how you might know him is he plays uh, Seneca Crane, the games maker in The Hunger Games. That's and actually quite good. Yeah, yeah I, I think he could be that. really good. He's, he's kind of really got the look. Good. Yeah. He looks I, quite yeah. rugged. He's the right age. He looks arrogant. He looks like a doctor, but he could, he probably has like a, you know, he's kind of got like a lurking twinkle in his smile. I don't hate he's that. He's got those very serious brows, which I think works for Darcy. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like he could be quite serious and disapproving, but then actually behind that is sort of like a playful geek who really he also respo- looks like the spirit really person. responds to Liz. He also looks like he goes for long runs as well. Yeah, I don't hate that either. I think that's that's pretty good. Have I done it? <laughs> Have I done it? <laughs> no, I don't like Finn Whitrock, but I like Wes Bentley for this, yeah. Okay, we already just, yeah. we've already put Finn back in the dossier. Just He's fine. But yeah, Wes Bentley, I think, actually could be a really good shout that's that that really is pretty good yeah I, I and and I could really see him across from Rachel McAdams as well like they would look very nice together yeah yeah you're selling me on it you really are selling me on it but there's something that something that holds me back but it's probably the closest we've come to be honest I don't think no, but- he's got um hairy arms I'm just I've had a quick google <laughs> do you know what I'm nitpicking here because I actually yeah I don't know is, I haven't seen him good. in anything apart from Hunger Games recently so I don't know Seneca Crane kind of has Darcy vibes because Seneca Crane Seneca Crane in the film seems like he's such an asshole but then he's secretly good is he yeah, yeah he's the one yeah. who like he he breaks the game to get Katniss out does he yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. no it's it's a good he choice pays for it with his life it is a- <laughs> sorry Oh yeah, he has right, to eat stop the selling berries. It, you're putting it? me off. Yeah. <laughs> you were fine at the beginning, and now you're putting me off. <laughs> Let's move on to Bingley. I don't think I've got a good Bingley choice, but ugh, I don't feel good about it. It was just I panicked, and I said Chris Hemsworth. I don't no. feel anything about it. No, so no, no, not, no, 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 no. It's about the reaction I expected. <laughs> I mean, at least go for Liam Hemsworth. That makes sense. Yeah, I know. I just. I don't know. I don't think either of the Hemsworths fit, no. personally. I'm happy to move on. I really phoned that one in. Flo, do you want to say? Yeah, uh, Zach Efron. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't Why know. are you wrinkling up your nose in disgust? Zach Efron is great. He, no, he is great. I just, I... I Too tacky. I just... No. You, he's perfect. You can totally see him being on The Bachelor. He's got that classic handsomeness. Yeah, but Bachelor is that sort of step down from Zac Efron handsomeness. It's not Hollywood handsomeness. It's like reality. Do you know what Zac Efron lacks, which which Bingley needs, particularly in this adaptation, is the real sincerity. 
Um, excuse me, have you seen Seventeen again? He's wonderful in Seventeen again. I agree. He can do something. But when he like does the speech in court, oh my god! I think his sincerity is great. I just think he's he's way too handsome. It's 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 a too handsome. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I don't I don't get the too handsome thing. I think he's the wrong handsome. <laughs> right, right. You want to turn? Okay. How about this? Chris Evans. No. No. Yeah. No. No. He's sort of like guileless, like a puppy. No. He's Sweet. too no. likable. No. 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 You'd no. want him to be the star. You can't cast Chris Evans not as the lead. Especially, excuse me, are you suggesting Wes Bentley as the lead and Chris Evans as the not lead? That's completely insane. My Mine was the best out of those three. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> okay. Answers on a postcard if if you have any ideas for Bingley, please let us know because we've got nothing, absolutely nothing in the tank there. So do we want to do Jane or Jasmine next? Yeah, let's do Jane. Jane. Okay, I don't, again, I don't feel that confident in this one, but um, I thought of Yvonne Strahovski. So she was she was a pretty tough character. in Serena, She was Serena Joy in Handmaid's Tale and Sarah Walker in Chuck, but I think she has that sort of, she's very beautiful. I think she could do the role I can really see her and Zac Efron just kissing. <laughs> <laughs> Zac Efron is wrong. No. Uh, yeah, she's okay. She looks like Jane, but she's younger. She's younger than Rachel McAdams, and she actually looks younger than Rachel McAdams. And I don't think that necessarily yeah, works. I, I, I like, I think, so. I think Jane should genuinely look at least forty. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Um, okay, so this is actually something that came up in in a previous discussion. We briefly talked about as actress, and I think at the time I remarked that she would be a good Jane. Jennifer Garner. Yeah, that's actually, I really like that. I'm saying yes. I can imagine her playing Rachel McAdams' older sister, Mm -hmm. and she's got that lovely, kind of slightly, kind of sad, sweet expression, you know, with her Mm. kind of like, oh, hi, I'm Jane. Like, you can. But you'd still believe she's such a catch, too. Like, oh, yeah. Like, she's obviously Mm. still gorgeous, but she has that slightly kind of mumsy vibe to her as well which I think works for Jane the problem with Jennifer Garner is she's probably actually just slightly too old for this now like Jennifer Garner is almost 50 at this point she's not she yeah she is yeah I still think she could do it though I'm she's like 48 or 49 I I love that I would I would call her back I might even push her straight into the role no audition needed no 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 (laughs) she's she's she is too old for it like her in like Juno yeah, she'd be so good. I think that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of her and Gina, I think. All right, Rich, what, what about you? My favorite one of my shortlist probably in the end was January Jones. She's very sweet looking and very pretty. Mm. And you can see her, she can do the sort of wounded thing. Like you could, I can really see Jane's, you know, what Jane kind of goes through as she breaks up with Bingley, that sort of turmoil that she goes through. January Jones could do that, I think. She yeah, definitely has the right look. Yeah. I think I just associate her with having like sharp edges, having watched, you know, Mad, Mad Men, Men and everything. Mm. I don't know if she kind of radiates the sort of sweetness and serenity that Jane does. You know, I don't, yeah, maybe I it's don't just because it. I've never seen her in that kind of role. I, I like both those choices, to be honest. All right, Jasper. <laughs> Moving on. I actually, this is the one I feel most confident about, and I feel like you guys will like this Hayden Christensen. <laughs> oh my 
<laughs> Come on, is that not perfect? Is Ooh. it not perfect? So Hayden I Christensen. Mean, in what way? Just, <laughs> Hayden Christensen was um, Anakin Skywalker in the, you know, quote unquote new Star Wars. I got to stop saying quote unquote. Yeesh. And uh, Stephen Glass and Shattered Glass. He just, to me, has the look of someone you that- hate on sight. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was, he was, I know he got a lot of uh, flack for his role in Anakin Skywalker because he isn't very good in it, but he's great in Shattered Glass. And it is that sort of Jasper energy, like not really being that great at anything, but sort of coasting. And he has that vibe. I, I think, I think he'd make I, a I think, in Jasper. all fairness to Hayden Christensen, to say he wasn't very good in Star Wars, which itself wasn't very good. And he was like 14 in that. So, no, I actually well, think he sort of is no, good 20. in it, weirdly. I mean, not all the time, but I totally get why they cast him in that. But he's, I guess it's just he seems like a so, teenager. But he got a lot of flack for that role. And he's so good in Shattered Glass. And I really think he's, I think he'd make such a good Jasper. Does he still act? I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't hate Hayden Christensen. Where I feel like he works is that Jane really doesn't like Jasper at all ever Mm -hmm. like she never likes him she never approves where and so it's like Hayden Christensen kind of works in that sense because you can see how Jane wouldn't like him just the look of him the only thing I would say is that Jasper you know whether it's just because he's really privileged like he is technically successful sooner and more successful than Liz so he can't be completely useless like he does have to be he does have to have a, a, a little bit of brilliance and about I actually him because that's why he's so arrogant. Hayden Christensen is charming. Like, I think he's charming and he's, he's handsome, but there is, he. I think he can pull off that quality of like, oh, there's something off, you know? So I think he would he, he would make a really good Jasper. That was the one I felt most confident about today. Flo? Um, James Franco. I had him too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he absolutely works. I, like, I sort of do. I, charm yeah, and then I can. I can see. He's basically desperate in real life, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's 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 pretty good. So, like instinctively, it's like you totally buy that he's a dickhead. Yeah. Again, who I had was Bradley Cooper. I think Bradley Cooper would play a great Jasper. I do think Bradley Cooper is good, but again, like I can't see Rachel McAdams choosing Wes Bentley over Bradley Cooper. <laughs> no shade to Wes Bentley at all. <laughs> I just think Bradley Bradley Cooper is such strong leading man energy. Where that might potentially work is that she doesn't choose Darcy over Jasper for a really long time. Like, and she she continues to choose Jasper despite her better, you know, despite knowing better for years until it's like until he becomes so awful that she's like, I just have to get you out of my life. And then suddenly Darcy becomes a much more attractive prospect to her. But for a long time, she's like, I'm on Jasper's side. Jasper's way better. Darcy is Darcy's kind of nothing to me. I want to be with Seneca Crane. He gave up his <laughs> life for me. He ate those poison berries. The thing is, is like as much as I, like I'm saying like where's Bentley's the closest I think we've come I'm still like I just don't I don't feel that sort of rush of like yes we've got it you know yeah we might have to do another episode this discussion is ending the way all our discussions end with us all privately upset and offended (laughs) that everyone's hated each other's choices it's not even that I'm just so I'm so tired (laughs) 
I'm so tired of not having a Darcy. I feel like um, Charlotte in Sex in the City, you know, when she's like looking for, she's like, where is he? I've been dating since I, I was 16. <laughs> yeah, it's just how I, I feel about Darcy. I feel like we're going to look back in three weeks being like, what were we thinking pushing forward versus Bentley? I think we're just, again, so <laughs> tired that we'll just agree to anything at this point. Like, fine. So what we really, really need from any listeners out there is if you have read Eligible, um, or even if you haven't, please, please read it. Who's your modern please. day American Darcy? Somebody please tweet us or email us or do something, write in and give us some better suggestions. And if we get any better suggestions, maybe we'll revisit this topic. Yeah, we could do like of, a little special. Yeah, we'll do a little extra bonus yeah. special with some new options. We need your got, help. We've and, and, you know, we can't see the forest for the trees anymore. No. I personally, West Bentley, inspired choice. I really brought something new to the table there for the first time in possibly years. <laughs> inspired choice. My choice of Mahershala Ali was actually more inspired. I thought that was good. Yes, and actually that, I, I would say you also brought something new to the table too. Thank you. But it didn't, it's just, it's none of it's working. So we need more <laughs> new stuff. On I the like table. that I'm just let, I'm left out. <laughs> Roxanne's choices were embarrassingly bad. Roxanne stole my Embarrassingly bad. <laughs> Two out of three agreed with my choices as good candidates. But one of those two is you. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> I guess we've, we've never quite settled if you can vote for yourself or not. I mean, I think if we can say things like my choice is inspired, then yes, I think we can. <laughs> I'm I'm voting yes for being able to vote for ourselves. But that's pointless, isn't it? Because obviously we're always going to vote for ourselves. Well, this is why this podcast began. <laughs> we need outside interaction because we always agree with ourselves. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, I think we better end this episode. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for feel very joining us. For the last eight weeks. We're not, by the way, we're not taking a break or anything. No. We'll be back next week. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs>